Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast, our 2022 regular season special. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Redacted and also Redacted because the CFL's not happening. Yay! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and at Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Awesome. Now, we have been away for a while and I want to kind of briefly touch on that because if you go look through our episode log, I don't think we've released an episode in a while. And that's for a couple of reasons. Um, one, again, we're all uni students pretty much here. So sometimes we get bogged down and, you know, can't get everything done and that sucks. And the other was I broke my leg in very late November and early December. So Ooh. I've been kind of more focused on being able to walk as opposed <laughs> to the CFL. Uh <laughs> For most of that time, um, I had a second surgery in late March, and I'm just getting up and about again and following the CFL a bit more, so that's kind of why we haven't had as much content, it's just, unfortunately, I've kind of been away. So, without further ado, if you are new, uh, this podcast has a bit of more of a focus on fantasy and drafts coverage, so first time listener wondering why you should sub to this pod we have better coverage of that than most of the other cfl podcasts out there and we we try to be neutral um i know for for transparency purposes i'm a rider fan taylor's a rider fan carter is a bomber fan and our editor is also a bomber fan and we have i think one other stampeder fan that works with us so yeah. Very well, Western, you know, you know, group here. But we're also just fans of the CFL in general. Yeah. So we want to see it succeed as a league, not just our teams. Exactly. Like, I, I do make an effort to be, you know, as neutral as possible and, you know, be harsh when I think it's necessary for my team. So, just for transparency purposes, if you think maybe, hey, you're hating on this team or whatever, that that's just where we're coming from as a group. So let's start off with some general news. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys, how concerned are you that there has not been a CBA agreement yet? Uh, well, it's definitely concerning. You know, I think I, what the first preseason games played in eight days from now when we're recording. So uh, the fact that they're locked out, not being able to train properly to get into the season, it's not good. And while they have been working long hours to try to re like rectify this and get it done, it's still not done. And uh, yeah, so I I'm definitely concerned. Like, I don't want to see another shortened season. And that feels like what we're heading towards. And that's I a lot of us don't want to see that happen. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting a bit ridiculous, like especially when I'm seeing things being done by like the CFL's side, basically saying like, hey, look at this agreement. Look at how much we're trying to you know, rectify the situation. But then when you read it, it's doing like, like it puts the CFL even in a more bad light from what I've seen. Yep. Like, honestly, I don't think like a 10 year CBA, nobody's ever going to sign that in any league ever. 
because sure. just who knows what the world's gonna look like in three years let alone 10 exactly i will be a bit of a devil's advocate here for some of it um I know there was a false report by a, a certain CFL outlet that the league proposed getting rid of the ratio that was false. Mm -hmm. uh, that's and true. then there was another, and I get that they, they want a longer term. Ten years is ridiculous. But generally you're not going to start where you want to start or want to be in a negotiation. You kind of go a bit further. So in reality, the CFL probably wants like a five-year one so they're starting at 10 and getting the having room for negotiation there i think is the idea because on one hand i think you're right carter that having a cba be super long you know we don't know what the world's gonna look like in you know three years right so but at the same time you can't do this every off season like we have been the last couple of years here so i think you have to kind of strike a balance there, and I think that's going to be a challenging thing for the PA and the league to agree on. The leagues, the leagues had the whole off season to do something, and they've been the one that's been slow to the ball, and they're trying to pressure the league and the player, like the sorry, the players to go, and <clears throat> it's just yeah, I don't know. The yeah, the league, the league knows what they're doing, and Randy's trying to grease the wheels to get it moving. And like, just get them scared that things are going to happen. I I don't like the way the league's been handling this at all. Fair enough. And then we're gonna break down kind of the three main points of contention for the league and the PA. Uh, the CFL wants to have twelve padded practices, and the PA is not willing to agree unless the league improves their health and safety package. So, that's one. They want uh, revenue sharing to include all revenue, not just selected things. For example, like the TV contract, I know is revenue shared and some other things, but not everything in the league is revenue sharing among players. And then if revenue sharing cannot be fixed, they want to change the term of the CBA so have a shorter CBA so that they can renegotiate that at a later date. So those are kind of the three bones of contention. I kind of wanted to break them down. So the padded practice thing, uh, where do you guys stand on that? Well, it, it, it's tough because, like, I mean, you obviously need padded practices. I think the league has three right now. And if you do go to more, I mean, you are risking more chance of injury, but you risk it every time you step on the field. But the CFL is not like the NFL where they have, like, health coverage they're not doing a lot for the players that get hurt and like they don't have a lot to help them deal with it after like when there was that player a few years ago he went to jail but he he got injured in the league i think they covered his first surgery but not his second and third so it just was a downhill spiral and there's only so much they're doing so if they're expecting more of the players there should be more compensation for them exactly well it's like you know i i personally yeah it's it's kind of like what you said where it's like you you risk it every time you step on the field. So yeah, why add an additional nine times you got to step on the field and run those types of drills? Like I don't get it. I think in, I saw a stat where it was like injuries ever since they've sort of cut back on the practices, they've been down thirty five percent. And like I don't see why we have to really mess with that. Like I don't know why. I don't I don't see how this would improve the type of play that we're seeing on the field by by that much that it'd well, be like worth it for the injury side of things. 
Exactly. Like just to kind of add on to that, like <clears throat> these guys are professional athletes at the highest level you can get to in the CFL and the NFL. It's not like they need to practice how to tackle. They've been doing it for 15, 20, 25 years, you know, like they know how to tackle. It's getting the other things down that they need to learn. Yeah, that's fair. I think for me, there's an argument that I know someone made on the sports cage a while ago that we saw kind of some weird injuries because of the lack of padded practices, but again, don't know the validity of that. I do think as an evaluation tool, uh, padded practices are important. So I think there, there's an argument to be made there that you could have more. 12, I think, is a bit excessive, especially if you're going from 3 to 12, maybe go from 3 to 6. I think it's a bit more reasonable every couple of weeks type of thing you can have one. But yeah, um, they definitely, if they're going to do that, they need to improve health and safety. I know they did uh, have expand it last CBA, but I think you can definitely expand it further, especially if you're going to, again, have more of those practices where injuries are likely to occur. And then where do we stand on revenue sharing? Well, they, <clears throat> like the league, sorry, the league should be sharing revenues with the players. Like the biggest thing with the league is like the players don't get paid enough. And that's why they say a lot of players don't come down here and stuff. Unless you're like an elite athlete, you're not getting paid decent money. So, I mean, anything to put money in the players' pockets is going to bring more players to our league. And the league, like we we're almost like on a paycheck to paycheck as a league, you know, like they don't have a lot of, savings in their accounts to like do things already so like if it's not working the way it is you need to change things up but I, i'm also not a finance guy so i don't like i can't speak a lot on it but that's just how i feel i hate the concept of the like i hate that not everything isn't already shared for the revenue because what like what is the cfl doing to make money that has nothing to do with the players like at the end of the day that's what i think about well, like exactly. Everything, everything yeah. revolves around what's going on on the football field. Those are the guys playing it, providing the value in the entertainment. Nothing like, like the CFL. If you get rid of the players, they're just a bunch of guys in an office. Like you exactly, know? it's yeah. nothing. It doesn't exist. I'm with you there. As a business and economics student, my one thing with this would be most of the teams, if not all of them, are hemorrhaging money. So taking even more of that revenue away from teams is not great for the long-term health, but I know certain contracts, they've negotiated portions of it to be revenue-sharing like the TV contract was. But I don't think that's the case for all of the sponsorship deals and other things they have. So I think maybe you should strike a deal to kind of, in future, negotiate your contracts with that in mind. Like, have a portion of that going to players versus the league. But right now, again, with teams hemorrhaging so much money, I don't think they're in a great position to, you know, take away even more revenue from the teams. Fair. And then, if revenue sharing cannot be fixed, I want to change the term of the deal. I think that's absolutely fair. I think you can put something in this one where they say, hey, we're going to, like I mentioned, have a 
portion set aside in future contracts for like sponsorships or whatever for the players. And if you do that, you can come to the table again and say, hey, you know, now that you've allocated for this, we want more. And then the league can be like, okay, we've thought of this ahead of time. We can do this. So I'm perfectly fine with that. If they want to shorten the deal, you know, make it a three-year CBA as opposed to like a five-year deal, I'd be all right with that. Yeah, for sure. And then where do you stand on that, Carter? Uh, on shortening the deal? If yeah. Possibly, like, if this doesn't go through. I mean, I guess, because, like, at the end of the day, yeah, it's like it all comes back to, like, the difference of, like, what the world's going to look like. Because I think the biggest thing is, like, you see things like NBA Top Shot and whatever, and the fact that somebody wants to, or it's like they've talked about doing a Drive to Survive style show about the CFL. Are you telling me that the players aren't going to profit off that at all? Yeah, like, that's something that you would negotiate in the future. You'd be like, hey, this is going to be a certain portion that's going to the players and some of that's going to the And I would love to see that show, actually. That'd be kind of cool. Yes, so, I, I, don't yeah, know if, I, I don't know if anybody's seen Drive to Survive. I recommend it. It is amazing. And if they did something like that for the CFL, it would help so much, especially if they could get it on Netflix or something. I'd love, like, a Hard Knocks, but for the CFL. That would see, be my is, goal. I would rather do the drive to survive aspect where you're kind of like, you see how the sort of outlook of every team is. I wouldn't really want to go a deep dive on one team. Didn't they say they were doing something like that? And they sampled that show as an example. They did, but I, uh, like, I'm just saying nothing's happened. Yeah. But, but that's like, that's what you need though. With the CFL is you need to like, make it personal. You need to let people get to know the players. Like, yeah. Who is it? Shy Ross. I seen a video of him a few weeks ago. He like he had a couple hundred pounds on the bar, and he did a backflip with the bar in his hands. Oh yeah, and it, and it, it was, yeah, yeah, it went viral. And it's like the CFL needs to market the crap out of that stuff. Yeah, and they need to they need to promote their players not just by retweeting it and stuff. They need to go out there and make content with their guys, make viral stuff, and like make people want to watch the CFL. And I know we've been saying this for years. I think they need to kind of modernize their marketing to appeal to those critical audiences that they're not getting or not reaching really with the younger, you know, 18 to 24. Those guys are watching the NFL. They're not watching the CFL, you know. They are, but most of us are. Like my son, Kay, he's 10. If he wants to play a CFL game, he can play the one on his phone, but it's five years outdated. Drew Willie is like, the quarterback for that for the Bombers. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's you can't even keep up on the one mobile game they have, and it's like, how do you expect to grow with this younger audience when they can't go look you guys up all the time, like and do things like that and play and interact? Like, I'm sure you guys like when I was younger, I played NFL Street and I played Madden, and that's how I got to find my favorite team and players. And yeah. like you know, you took advantage of that stuff, and the league does nothing like it. So it's just they like they barely even promote that they have their own trading cards for. I'll tell. I'll tell you what I do did when I was a kid. I played Madden, and I would just go and find like every CFL player that was in Madden and put them on one team and play as that team. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. Not every kid is going to do that because that's a lot of work. So, um, for me. You have to, yeah, you have to modernize, you have to get that in, because people our age and younger, they interact with stuff online. 
that's how they find new stuff, and that's how they kind of you reach them. And a lot of other leagues are starting to do uh, a lot more social media marketing. For example, I use the NFL. Uh, certain games every year you can stream on Twitch, and so streamers will, you know, watch an NFL game with their audience, and get those younger people to watch. I think that's something that the CFL should 100% look into. Try to find a Canadian streamer who likes the CFL and get them to watch some games for their audience because that's how you're going to attract those younger people. And it's probably cheaper to do that than have a video game, for example. Well, that's, and that's-, that's something that's going to take time to build. It's not something you but can do right away. You're you're so right because like I, I I mean I don't know a lot of famous Twitch streamers, but it's not like they couldn't find an American one that talks about sports or even just like some Instagram TikTok guy that does stuff like that. Fly them out to a game, put them in a hotel, and just be like, hey, record your weekend. Here's a jersey. Here's free food. Here's great seats. Put it all over your social media. You know, you're here for the weekend and it's a great time. And yeah, you get all this for free. Like if they did that a few times and did it like. They did one in BC, they did one in Toronto, they did one in Winnipeg or Regina and then Calgary, you know, like if they did something like that, it'd be huge. It would get a lot of people like, what is this? Why are all these people going here? I know they did that with uh, destroying the the kicker a couple years ago, and that was really successful. And I'm kind of surprised they haven't really done that again. So I hope I mean. they like, I hope they do that sort of thing where it's like, hey, get you know an NFL YouTuber or again, a Canadian who might you know, they might not advertise it, but they like this, the CFL, right? They watch in their private time and then get them, fly them out to a game or whatever and promote it. And I think those are cheaper ways to reach people of our demographic than just saying the CFL, oh, just just make a video game, guys. Just spend all that money, make a very expensive game. It's like, yeah, no, that's that's something that would take years to do. So. We, we've just given you several kind of cheaper options that you can do to reach that audience. And then a video game should definitely be the long-term goal. I know um, growing up, yeah, everybody played Madden and all the people my age, you know, at the time they were CFL fans, but they left and went, became big NFL fans and didn't really watch the CFL anymore because of Madden, right? They got to, play as these NFL players and got familiar with them that way. And CFL has nothing like that, so they just abandon it, you know? And that's why you're losing a lot of these people. And then let's kind of jump into uh, some notable rookie camp news before we get too off track. Um, Former Riders backup Isaac Harker was cut by the BC Lions. Fair enough. I know they want to go Canadian at quarterback, so that's probably why that is. Another note from Lions Camp, NFL speedster uh, DeAnthony Thomas has not reported to rookie camp yet. And then Edmonton cut Buckeyes quarterback JT Barrett and replaced him with another Ohio State Buckeye, Cardell Jones. DJ Foster was released by the Argos to pursue other opportunities, so Likely, he's probably got an NFL look or something like that. And then, let's jump into some interesting 
preseason battles. So for me, I think it's Edmonton quarterbacks. Uh, I'm really interested to see what they do with Trey Ford, who they drafted in the first round. It doesn't sound... It didn't sound like on draft night Chris Jones wanted to use him as quarterback, but in later interviews now, it sounds like they might try to use him as a quarterback. It's It's been iffy, and then they're bringing in guys like Cardell Jones. So it, it's going to be interesting. I think Nick Arbuckle is going to have some competition. It, how's the only, anything can happen in Edmonton. They're bringing Deron Carter back as a DB this year, okay. full-time. <laughs> Uh, but my my battle is uh, going to be the Montreal Alouettes quarterback situation with Vernon Adams and Trevor Harris. I'm really excited to see how it goes. Like obviously Vernon's been the guy there for a couple of years, but Trevor Harris is a proven veteran that has been to the big moment, whereas Vernon has slipped at the big moments. So uh, yeah, I think they have some really interesting choices to make. Like either way, they're going to be pretty set are set pretty well but still those are two great quarterbacks and either one's riding the pine or leaving so it's going to be interesting to see how it really plays out in the end yeah i'm excited for that one but um before i get into mine i just want to say as we're talking about uh, montreal quarterbacks shout out to vernon adams as well as jake weineke actually because they um helped out. i don't know if you guys read this story. i've seen that yeah uh, yeah jamarcus hardrick who is a uh, bombers offensive lineman was stuck in a tornado yep. and a power outage and he got like rescued by Wynicky and Vernon Adams. So that is awesome to see. Um, yeah, he he googled CFL players in the state he was in and then he found Jake Wynicky there and Vernon Adams was in the state too. Like what are the odds? It was That's so cool. awesome. Yeah. Oh, I I remember reading that. That was a really nice story. And then I think last year we had another feel good story where I think Brady Oliveira went and rescued a dog from a river in Winnipeg. Which well, was, he still does yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, he does that like a fair amount. Actually, he does like rescue missions and things. He yeah, just went viral. Like, that's awesome. for doing it. Going, um, but looking actually at mine, um, that's actually going to be where I'm looking at the uh, Winnipeg running backs. And the reason why I'm going this way is it's because it's um one because you know Winnipeg woo, but also. Um, this is a, uh, you know, it's, I think it's a tighter race than a lot of people think. I think a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, Brady Oliveira is just going to sort of slide in and that's going to be that. But go back and watch some of Johnny Augustine's tape from like, um, when Andrew Harris got suspended and we did the home and home, um, in 2019 against the Riders. Look at those two games because Augustine was playing in those games. It was ridiculous Mm -hmm. what he was able to do. He is a guy that I really like and I think definitely... If they give them kind of an equal shot, I think it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top there. Yeah, that's going to be a really good battle. And then let's jump into our standings predictions for the season. So this is start of the year, what we think is going to happen. So for me in the West, I have Winnipeg being number one. I think they're the top team until proven otherwise, especially two straight Grey Cups. Um, Saskatchewan. Uh, for me, I look at their weaknesses, and I think they've addressed most of them. Um, given that the DBs in camp and the news I've heard about them, that was kind of my biggest question, is how they'd replace some of the guys they lost, and it looks like they've done a good job of that. Third, I have Calgary, just because, again, Calgary uh, is Calgary, and overall, I think they're a well-coached team, so they'll do all right. Edmonton, 
is in fourth because there's too many question marks for me to put them any higher than that. And I have BC in fifth just because I don't know what to expect from Nathan Rourke in a full year. I've been pumping this guy's tires since before he was drafted, but at the same time, just his style of play, I'm interested to see how that goes. And as a guy who's only in his second year out of college being a Canadian quarterback, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Okay. Uh, yeah, my West. Uh, I mean, we're looking pretty similar here. We're a little different at the bottom, but I got Winnipeg in first. Like you said, there's just until they're proven otherwise. Sadly, they're still at the top. Uh, Saskatchewan, I don't think they've fallen off kind of where they are. There's definitely a couple questions, but I think every team's got some questions going into the season, just like Calgary does. Uh, they got a lot of guys that left, but they still have both, so they're going to do good. And then uh, I got BC above Edmonton just because BC's basically lost Mike Riley and improved in a couple other spots, so they don't look too bad. And uh, Edmonton, like you said, just they had way too many like questions going into this season now. And, uh, like, just with training camps being shut down, the questions are still kind of there. So uh, it's going to be, well, I think they shut down in three days. They're allowed to strike. But it's still, like, it's just very interesting. And, uh, yeah, that's my West predictions. Um, for my West predictions, I am so, so excited. It's the first time in my life that the Bombers are going to be the, like, top dogs undisputed going into a season. So that's pretty fun. Um, so, yeah, I've got them at number one. And even though they're undisputed, that doesn't mean it can't be close. Um, I think that Saskatchewan is much closer to Winnipeg than a lot of people think. I mean, at the end of the day, the only there two drives, like one drive in each game, separates the Riders from making it to the Cup and possibly being that team that's back-to-back. So I think that that's an obvious number two. Um, number three, I'm going with BC. Um, and I just, I don't, it's not even that I like bc it's just a lack of faith in both calgary and especially edmonton but i've got calgary in four and i've got edmonton in five and that i i broke the google doc but <laughs> i've got uh i've got edmonton in five because they have just yeah they've looked really bad just and i don't think that chris jones is going to be able to fix that in a year i don't think that's yeah i think we have to wait a little longer that's fair for sure. And then jumping over to the East, I have Toronto in first. I just, I really like their team. They made some nice additions. I think their only limitation this year is probably how far McLeod Bethel Thompson can take them, but I think he can take it pretty far. So I'm going with Toronto number one. Hamilton, for me, they lost some key pieces. So I'm very much, uh, questionable about how well they're going to do but overall I still think there's some good pieces there. Montreal, I think we're going to see a QB controversy here, a very hot one for most of the year and that might kind of stifle their progress, so I have them in third. Ottawa, uh last and I know we have liked the clown on the Red Blacks the last couple of years on this podcast, but credit to them, they got a lot better this offseason. Uh, who knew hiring a competent GM would result in a better team? But regardless, I think they're they're still last, but I think they're a competitive team this year and not stone like a hundred percent basement team. Yeah, yeah, that that's how I'm feeling too. Like I got 
I'll just kind of skim through it quick. Toronto, Montreal, Hamilton, Ottawa. But Ottawa is at the bottom. But like you were saying, it could very easily kind of flip. Like I could see them if they kind of with Mazzoli get the get it going at the start of the season. It could really pay off near the end, and it could help them maybe get that last spot in the playoffs. Like you, you never know. It, it, it's the CFL; anything can happen. So, but uh, yeah, Toronto on top, money bag, uh, McLeod, Bethel, Thompson. He's going to take them as far as he can. And yeah, like they're limited to what he's going to do this year, but I think they're still on the top. Uh, Montreal, I think will be second. Uh, contrary to what you said, I think having the two quarterbacks, if they play it right, isn't going to be bad. I don't think it can last for more than, more than a full season, but uh, it could be a good thing for them this year. Uh, and Hamilton, they've lost a couple key guys. They didn't... No, they lost a few key guys, and I just don't see them being as good this year. And then Ottawa, yeah. Uh, Ottawa's going to be an improvement. They're not going to be the dumpster fire that we made fun of last year, I don't think, by any means. Yeah, you're not going to get any free weeks against Ottawa, which sucks because we didn't get any weeks against Ottawa last year for the bottom. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I've got Toronto in first. I think everybody knows just like that team was looking really strong last year and with just the absolute embarrassment of riches that they have right now like i can't see them being anything else um i've got montreal in second i will say um in the dual quarterback situation if you need somebody to buy in to a dual quarterback system i mean i feel like trevor harris is the guy to do that because yeah. i mean look at what he did with ottawa and henry burris exactly I think he's also I, a high I, character guy so he's not gonna be whining if exactly. you know he is the backup so um, and one thing that I remember from a while ago is that like he had every reason to be super, super upset during that Grey Cup game for Ottawa because I believe it was like that morning he woke up with the plan being for him to be the starter. Like that was the team's plan for that game. But then something mm-hmm. changed. Yep. So like for somebody to, yeah, like super high character is the perfect guy that you want in a system like that. You don't have to worry about that. And plus like with Kahari Jones, it's just a really well-oiled machine there. Um, and then I've got Hamilton in third. Um, I don't think this is the fault of themselves that they're in the bottom half. I think this is just the other teams are better than them, but not to say that they're bad. And yeah, Ottawa, not in the basement, but still in last. For sure. And then let's move on to our power rankings for week one. So for me, I've got Winnipeg in first, Toronto second, Hamilton third, Saskin fourth, Calgary fifth, Montreal sixth, uh, Ottawa in seventh, uh, Edmonton eighth, and last is BC. Oh, fair. We're uh, we're looking a little different here. I got well, I got Winnipeg one. I mean, I don't think anyone can dispute that. Uh, Toronto two. I got Sask at three. I just think Toronto with yeah their additions are looking a little better than Sask right now. Uh, Montreal at four. Calgary at five. Uh, yeah, they just got some good problems in Montreal right now. Um, uh, yeah, and then I got Hamilton, Ottawa, BC, and Edmonton. And I think BC, or sorry, Ottawa. I think like I really think Mazzoli could get the things going there as long as they protect him, and they could potentially be better than BC and Edmonton this year. I could really see it just because, uh, like Carter mentioned. Edmonton's going to need more than a year to kind of get this thing going. And BC, if they're going to struggle this year, it's going to be a quarterback and that's going to slow everything down for them. So, uh, yeah, I could see Ottawa really being a better team than both of them. Um, Looking at mine, I've got Winnipeg number one, 
I've got Hamilton number two. I still think, you know, coming off of back-to-back Grey Cup appearances, you can't have them lower than that, in my opinion. That's just no way. Me, though. Um, then I have got Toronto in three, looking like just super, super, super strong. Um, Saskatchewan in fourth, and I think those top four for me are really tight. Um, then it kind of drops off a little bit. Got Montreal in fifth, Calgary in sixth, BC seventh. And as much as we're talking about Ottawa improving, I have to see that to believe it. And then I have Edmonton in dead last. Fair enough. And let's jump to our CFL fantasy. And yes, CFL fantasy is actually open right now. So you can go and set your lineups for week one if you so choose to. So we'll start with our best positional options. This is kind of bang for your buck type picks. So there might be a guy that you think, oh, why is he not on the list? It's because I think there's better options for cheaper. Then we do our value picks which are guys that are 3,500 and under our locks. So a guy that's for sure going to be in our lineup. So for our best positional options, I'll start a quarterback. Dane Evans for 85.98. Nick Arbuckle provided he's the starter for 75.74. And Nathan Rourke for 68.35 are my three quarterbacks that are good bets. So is there anybody else that you guys are considering for week one? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a good quarterback, but you also gotta save some money. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's funny cause Vernon Adams right now is listed at $12,000 and Trevor Harris is 9,000. So it'd be curious to see what happens there. Cause like you could have some, save some good money, but still have Trevor Harris if that's the way you go. But yeah, lots of good options. Yeah, I don't see anybody else that's super jumping out in the quarterback. Let me, I need to, the one thing I will say, though, I don't like how, or I do like, I guess, how cheap Zach Caleros is looking. That's fair. Just because, I mean, you know, reigning MVP, or MOP, I almost said MVP, you know, the cursed words for the CFL, I guess. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like $4,000 cheaper than Vernon Adams. Yeah, you love That's pretty good. Like let's let's see let's see um let me scroll down here um wide receivers with four thousand dollars he is a whole Tavon Smith different <laughs> nice like that's wild to me yeah for sure and yeah I don't know like some of the some of the prices at CFL fantasy are kind of wonky but I mean I like taking the cheaper quarterbacks especially if they have legs and can run because if you have guys that can run in touchdowns or you know make plays at their feet those guys get a lot of points so guys like Cody Fajardo you know or Vernon Adams who's you're wondering why he's priced so high that's why is because he's got that running potential and then speaking of runners let's go to running back um I've got William Stanback for 8464 James Wilder for 8,005. Brady Oliveira at 59.76. And whoever the riders are starting. Now, <laughs> just because this is another training camp battle, we didn't quite get to touch on it, but William Powell left, so we really don't know who the riders are going to be starting. It could be Shaq Cooper, who's 5,000. It could be Jamal Murrow or Morrow, sorry, who's around 3,800, or it could be 
some random guy in the preseason who shows out at 2,500. So we don't know there. And I think if you can get a starter uh, for five grand, I think that's a good bet to CFL fantasy. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, right now, the way I have it lined up, I have James Wilder and Jamal Morrow in my lineup. So that's, yeah, that's, and that's probably looking the way I'll be sticking as of now. For sure. And I'm getting, I'm getting Wilder too. And then I've also got a uh, Brady Oliveira in my lineup for my second running back. So those are my two. How about you, Carter? It's tough. Cause like when I look at the running backs, I don't want to spend $8,000 on one. Like, I do like Brady Oliveira, assuming that he gets the start. But, like, yeah, I just, I don't think I, like, I think I have to go with Wilder. Because I I can't justify anybody else, to be honest, right now. That's fair. I guess it's just because we're looking early. But, yeah, right now, it's just, it's tough to make any real calls. For sure. Now, for wide receiver. I've got Reggie Bagleton, and I might get crucified for this. It depends how he does week one. When he came back, he was dominant last year. Like, like he looked really good. So he's a guy that, for me, even though he's super expensive, he's probably worth it. Uh, same case for Duke Williams, just absolutely dominant. I've got Kenny Lawler at uh, 8,520. Jake Winicky at 8,301, Javon Katoy at 5735, and Ian Schaefer Baker at 4,017. Uh, I probably should have added, I've also got Steven Dunbar in my lineup personally for 49, or yeah, 4981. Any other receivers yeah. you're considering? <clears throat> no, I and I would just like to say, I think for the price that Duke Williams is going to be, he will still be a good pick because. Uh, with the amount of money that the riders sank into him, I think they're going to be throwing to him a lot. So <laughs> he's going to be worth it. He's going to yeah, get a few right. touchdowns this year. No doubt. Hopefully. hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully indeed. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't see anybody else that like, is like a necessary pickup, to be honest. For sure. And if you're going to go defense special teams, some people don't pick a defense in CFL fantasy because salary cap, but if you're going to go with one, I think Winnipeg is your best option at 4650. I think Mazzoli is probably the quarterback you pick on, especially against Winnipeg's defense. I think he might throw a couple interceptions. So you're probably getting some nice points there. But at the same time, if you think you can spend those $4,650 somewhere else more effectively, then go for it. And yeah, I think he hit it right on the head, yeah. Yeah, are there any other defenses you guys are looking at, maybe? If you're wanting to go with the bang-for-your-buck option, you, you could go with the BC Lions defense because they're hosting Edmonton. True. I, I like that yes. one. They've that got a respectable defense. Into, yeah, that could also fall into a value pick. I mean, they got Marcus Sales, who was amazing. He kind of he, he had a quiet year last year, but he was amazing when he was with Winnipeg. So maybe now that he's adjusted to the game a little more in BC. Yep, and then they've also got uh, Delvin Bro there. So he's another guy that is an elite corner in this league. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good bet there. You know, you could look at Saskatchewan, too. I'm not saying they're going to have the strongest defense in the league, but week one, 
against Dane Evans official like first kind of start game. It's going to be a loud crowd, you know, the like the all the restrictions are lifted and everything like it's going to be a loud day that first game. So that could be a good one. Yeah, for sure. That could be a good bet. I just want to see how the rider secondary does before I start picking them though. <laughs> Fair. And then let's get into our value picks. I can only really find two because we're recording this before the start of preseason. So there's probably going to be one or two guys that are $2,500 that are stars in the preseason that we don't cover here. Um, I went with Shy Ross for $3,295, and oh god, this name. Uh, this is one of James' teammates, who's another one of our hosts. Uh, he plays at York. Oh, Luther, Luther Akunavanu. Akunavanu, yeah, okay, we're going with that. For $2,992, I think those are two good value picks. Is there anyone else you guys are kind of looking at? Uh, I would just say one, uh, Johnny Augustine for thirty three hundred bucks. That yeah, could be a really good pick for you <laughs> if he gets the start. Yeah, provided yeah. he gets but, the start. Yeah, I like that. But even if he doesn't, I think they'll they'll probably do a lot of rotating at the start to see how it goes too. You know what I mean? Like he'll he's not like he's not going to touch the ball at all. He could be a good flex pick if you got thirty five hundred left. For sure. And then let's get into our locks. For me, I've got Nathan Rourke again. I love my Canadian quarterbacks. Um, questions about his, you know, decision making in his second year are valid, but he is a guy who gets it done with his legs. So you have a lot of rushing potential and potential for rushing touchdowns there. And him being so cheap, I think it's too good to pass up. So he's in my lock for week one. That's a good one. Uh, I got Duke Williams for my lock. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, just with the amount of money they spend on him, they're going to be throwing on the ball quite a bit. Plus, in his last three games last season, he had 28.6 points, 10.5, and 20.8, and he averaged 16.8 yards a catch last year. So I think he'll just be a good pick to have on your on your side this year. Um, I'm going to go with Zach Caleros, again, reigning MVP. I think he takes this... Uh... I think he takes this uh, first game and really shows out again, sort of being like, you know, the conversation switched away from me and it shouldn't have. And so I'm excited to see see how it goes. Fair enough. I just realized we forgot to put in the prediction segment here. So what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to shout the games at you and you're going to pick your winner. Um, So for the first game, Montreal versus Calgary, who does everybody have? Calgary. Uh, I'm going to roll with uh, who starts that game, hang on, or who hosts. It's um, Calgary. Calgary I'm going to go with Calgary. Uh, I'm going to go with Montreal on that one. All right. Ooh. And then next game is, let's see. Unanimous Winnipeg. Winnipeg versus Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. I'm going Winnipeg. Everybody else going Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah obviously. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Um. And then Hamilton versus Sask. Sask is at home. Who do you guys got? I'm taking Sask. I think Sask, yeah. I think this is a, you know, this will spoil my last pick. I think it is a home sweep. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I like it. Edmonton versus BC. Who does everybody have? Lions, yep. Yep, all right. And then we do keep you updated throughout the year how well our uh, Predictions are going. Usually, we're above five hundred, so we'll we'll try to keep that. Above five hundred this uh, this past year. It's good to. Yeah, we were good. Here. 
For sure. Usually I have that uh, ready, but I just honestly forgot. Yeah. So all good. We'll have that for you for sure. Week two, ready to go. And then we are going to conclude with off the pod activities previously called COVID activities. Um, obviously, we changed the name because restrictions are starting to lift, but name is still TBD because I want to find a better name. This is like what we do outside of the CFL in order for you to kind of get to know us better. So for me, uh, I'm going to recommend a game. I've been playing a lot of War Thunder. Free to play vehicle combat game. You can play it on for free again at any any of the consoles, PC, tanks, naval, all that. Cold War, World War Two, bunch of different eras. Super fun game. I'm sorry to your alley. There you go. <clears throat> uh, basically for me, I've been working lots. I work Monday to Friday, so it's just a lot of and and I do sales, so it's just a lot of all over the place. Uh, I'm gonna say Marvel even though it's kind of Disney too, because Star Wars just finished, but, uh, you know, went to Dr. Strange opening night. Great movie. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, yeah, great movie. Uh, there, I think one of the shows is coming out. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out right away. So that'll be, I'll be glued to my TV every Wednesday morning. And, uh, of course, Lego star, Lego star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Oh, it has yep. been crazy good. I got over 300 characters unlocked over 50 oh, ships unlocked. Nice. You know, I think I'm at 57% complete overall, so I'm just grinding and trying to get 100%. It's such a good game. Uh, recommend it to anybody that likes Star Wars. Star Wars. Let's Open world actually- Lego? It's the best. Yeah. Dude, it is actually fucking amazing. It's actually amazing. We're going to mm-hmm. cut that out. Whoops. We're yeah. back in podcast mode. <laughs> it's okay. We, got, we, we mostly keep it PG, but yeah. Just one word yeah. comes out. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, for myself, um, I've just been traveling a bunch and most of it's just been like sort of in the province traveling for my job, but I also got to go to, um, Fargo not too long ago. Got to see my buddy. Uh, my buddy did a, uh, he does dubstep for a living. Uh, he produces and then does shows. He had a show in Fargo, um, earlier in April. And so uh, I got to go there and like sort of hang out backstage. Oh, that's dope. And then also I'm working on building my own Dungeons and Dragons game. And I'm going to be the uh, the DM of that, which means that I'm like, yeah, creating the whole game, telling the story. The dungeon Master. Yeah, Ooh. I'm very excited for it. Because I tried playing it normally, like being one of the players and having somebody else like be the DM. And I just couldn't find as much enjoyment as it. And I, you know, I like being able to sort of write these stories and do like twists and turns. So I was like, you know, I, I feel like it'd be more up my alley to do this. So I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. So, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Um, you can find the show wherever finer podcasts are found. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now Apple Podcast. Ooh. You can follow the... You can follow our socials. True North CF, uh, CF Pod on Twitter. Uh, or L. Yep. And then, I think it's the same on Instagram, isn't it? It's True North CF Pod. Courtesy of Pod on those two. And on Facebook, you can search us up at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You will find us. So, once again, thank you for listening. I have been your host, Jimmy Leach. This is the True North Canadian Football Podcast signing off. <laughs>